This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, Paddle and Finn listeners? This is your host, Brian, from the OG Show. Just wanted to make you guys aware of Jackson Orr's second annual Catch and Release Charity Tournament. Uh, that's K-A-T-C-H, Kayak Anglers Together Can Help. This takes place September 13th, 14th, and 15th. It's an online event nationwide. Starts Friday at 6 a.m., goes till Sunday at 7 p.m. Entry fees $20. Tourney X has waived the fees. You can sign up on Tourney X. Doesn't matter if you're a good angler, an experienced angler, new angler to the kayak fishing tournament world. So let's all get together and help Jackson out get this organized. Your hosts at Paddle and Finn have all come together and we've decided any proceeds that we get from selling t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, things like that at the Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com, go to the store tab. You buy any stuff, we're going to take the proceeds from that, donate it to the charity portion for Jackson's event. Um, that's something we wanted to do to help Jackson give back to some great organizations. So get signed up guys. Jackson's trying to reach a hundred anglers. I think it's an easy way for us to achieve. Even if you can't fish it, it's 20 bucks guys. Let's help out. What's up boys and girls. Just wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about the paddle and fin gear. If you haven't seen it yet, go to paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Go click that store tab at the top. Check out the store. We got tons of t-shirt designs, long sleeves, hoodies, phone cases, you name it, it's on there. Give it a gander. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Finn Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts Josh Eldridge and Brian Schiller, where we cast our final opinion on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin podcast. This is the final cast segment. I'm Brian. And I'm Josh. Yeah, buddy. I've got Brian sitting here with me tonight. Yeah. Sitting sitting in the Paddle and Finn podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't what you thought it would be, huh? Not at all. <laughs> it's even more glorious than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Sure is. AKA the basement. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of my spot too, personally. I have a lot of uh, board up around mine as well. Pegboard? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a cool panel and fence sticker yet, but we're working on that. Yeah, eventually we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get banners. How about banners? Banners sound good, right? We could do banners. Yeah, let's do that. We could do that. So, uh, what are we going to talk about this evening? Well, we talked, bounced a couple ideas off um, <clears throat> today and yesterday. We were throwing Cody's, uh, Cody Jennings jigs out from Jigmaster. Um, I had a lot of success with them. Um, I really liked them. And also, I got to get in the Jackson Big Rig FD. Um, I've had my eye on the boat for, you know, this past season. And from fishing the tournaments and stuff on the lakes, I kind of realized that the Coos HD is just not really made for open water in a way. Yeah, right. I mean, it is, but it's it's doable. But I had a lot of frustrations because, you know, on tournament day, you're out there and you are fishing in elements. And, you know, early in the season, especially in Ohio, our weather was really bad. So... With that, I learned that it got real frustrating trying to stay in one place. So um, I came down or came up to Illinois to visit Brian this weekend. So we are down. We're both down here, obviously, recording a podcast in his basement. And so with that being said, I reached out to Brian and said, hey, should I bring the Coos HD? And he said, no, man, we'll go to Rocktown. We'll hook you up. You could try out some different boats. So I got pretty excited. I got to uh, get in a list also. We took a river trip the, the day that, uh, well, not the day I got here, but the, the next morning. So um, I got to paddle the Liska and then got in a big rig yesterday and today. So um, I was impressed with both boats. So we'll, we'll go into more detail with that. So you want to start with the boats or the jigs first? Let's talk about the jigs. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have never thrown Cody's jigs. I'm a big jig fisherman. Um, it was unique because we were fishing around structure and uh, some sunken trees and things like that. And, you know, there was a couple times I got hung up, but, you know, every time I got it unstuck, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with that head design of his. Um, the one thing that was weird to me was like, the way that that head is designed, it's almost like a triangle shape, right? Yeah. And so when you're reeling it up through the water and even pulling it through the water, it's got a different feel, so to speak, than like a normal football jig or something that I normally throw. And that's just the resistance of the water, you know, or the head going moving through the water. So it was a little different to adjust to that. But other than that, I mean... Um, you had the success on the jig. I mean, yeah. I was throwing a shaky head most of the day, but, uh, yeah, I mean, colors, he's got a pretty cool assortment of colors. What was the one you were throwing? I don't remember the name, but I remember the, the pattern. Well, the first day I threw that one, I had purple and green and I think a little bit of black and it had some silver flake in it, I think. Um, and that one got bit real well. And um, I ended up losing it, um, and then I just grabbed whatever I had on me, and it happened to be one that was blue and and brown, and <clears throat> I think it had some green in it too, but it had black flake in it, and that one produced fish too. And um, Brian kept giving me a hard time saying because I wasn't getting bit as much as Brian, but I think that had to do with Brian knowing uh, the better spots to throw in. Um, he was getting thrashed on the shake head you had what a ribbon not a ribbon tail you had a trick worm on it yeah a trick worm and he kept saying hey man you need to throw this bait yeah and i got the winning ticket right here <laughs> and i just refused to do it man i wanted to throw the jig and i'm i'm really um i really like fishing the bottom i think that's just also from river fishing yeah you know so i'm used to bouncing rocks and that sort of thing so throwing in those trees isn't something i've done actually really very often i haven't ever found trees like that in the water you know i mean i've thrown at like exposed stumps you know like it like creek mouse that sort of thing in lakes but sure not like purposely sunk trees by the locals you know creating fish habitat that sort of thing so 
I really like the jig head design. Um, I haven't thrown a lot of football heads in my life. And so when I when you were talking about the resistance, I'm thinking that you're used to feeling more water resistance and that triangle head design makes it almost feel like it's almost not there at times until you hit the structure. And then once you hit the structure, you know, you're, it, it, it bounces over it real well. It came through a lot. I mean, I got snagged up, but that's going to happen when you're fishing that scenario like that. I mean, dude, yeah. we were fishing some huge trees that yeah. were sunk. I mean, it literally looked like there was a tree growing out. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've fished some bodies of water um, this year where you know that was the case it was sunk in trees you know it was a valley trees growing and then they flooded it yeah and you know this is a little bit of the opposite but it's very similar right all those trees had branches things like that but um you know the the way that that head is designed it's it's very cool because it's it almost like it helps prevent it from getting hung up in between that stuff, like a football head or something like that would. Um, you know, I was throwing a three-eighths ounce, and normally I throw a half. Um, you know, and that's when you got some bites on the on the jig. I would already had a. Uh, Kitech half an, half ounce football finesse jig on, and I got hung up with that more than I did with Cody's jig. Yeah, you know, so um, very cool, very different. And it's a and it's a true stand up jig too. You know, yeah, a lot of those yeah. jigs kind of they have that hook and it's laying flat. That thing sticks straight up in the air. It's got a screw lock actually around um, the base of the hook where it's entering into the uh, the lead itself. Um, it's a little tricky to kind of try to get that screwed on. You almost have to kind of fold the bait over onto itself to kind of screw it on. But did you lose any plastics from the fish you caught? I lost um, one, but that, that was, was after multiple bites. Yeah, right? I had multiple bites on it, and it got to the point that it was hanging off so bad that when I would get bites, it was literally the fish were just picking up the plastic and pulling it. They weren't biting down on the hook at all. So yeah. um, I think that I ended up, I, I picked it out of the water, that um, that jig, and I looked at it and literally there was only maybe like two centimeters of plastic left right. that was holding it on. So, and I could tell that's, that had to have been happening because the last couple bites I had gotten, man, it was just literally like pick up, drop it, picking it up, drop it. And so I'm assuming they probably were feeling the weight of the uh, jig at that point so um i switched out and everything was fine after that so yeah right on i think i had a um a reaction innovations on the first one and that one got tore up pretty or no I, that one got lost when i lost the jig and then so i tied on a strike or is it striking makes a rage menace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yep and um and then i ended up dipping the claws in some chartreuse just to give it a little contrast and uh it worked also, man. I caught some really nice fish. Uh, Brian's got some really hoss bass down here. Man. Like, that's crazy. I mean, I caught a 17 that had to weigh every every bit of four pounds easy. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a long fish, but it was wide. It was big. And Brian hooked up with a 19 yesterday. And uh, I lost a lot of fish. Um, I'm <clears throat> learning that it is hard to hooks at sitting down with jigs you know it's it's a tough thing to do man it's not that easy and uh you know i i, I think i kind of attributed to i had my seat up i was sitting really upright so when i would hook set my rod butt would get kind of caught, caught up, up in my like pfd yeah. and so i leaned the seat back some and i think that helped a little bit but i don't know when i i lost probably six seven fish at the boat that yeah. came off spit the hook yeah yeah i mean i think you were getting some decent hook sets maybe sometimes you were setting it a little too hard and it was ripping part of their lip oh, okay and it had a little bit of a opening there right so when they would jump out of the water they would kind of spit it or okay. come out so, that makes sense um but i mean then again too you know with a well you were using the thin wire hook right yeah yeah so that I don't know if that would play a role in it or not. That's an interesting. Topic well, I know of conversation that. There. Yeah, I know that Cody 
and Kurt, like Kurt helped Cody design that. Kurt Smith did, I think, and their thought process was to make it easier to hook set obviously on a kayak as opposed to a bass boat because i mean if you think about it when you're on a bass boat you're standing fairly at a high angle so your hook sets are going to be stronger as opposed to sitting down you know with that low angle to the water it's going to be a little bit different so i think that's what the light wire design is but at the same time i think if you pair that with what you just stated in regards to my hook sets were too hard I think that comes from fishing in the rivers. Yeah, you know, yeah. With smallmouth have such a bony mouth, man. I'm used to, you know, having to swing for the fences sometimes with that. And, you know, I think looking back hindsight on some of the tournaments I've done that I've lost fish is probably why, you know, I've fished Ned Rig and I've hooked set probably too hard. And that's even smaller, you know, diameter type of wire. Sure. It's going to come out real easy, especially when you got lead directly connected to it like that, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, the jigs perform. And you could definitely tell that they were standing up and not rolling over. Yeah. You know, and I even looked at it when we were up in shallow water just to see, you know, how it kind of skittered through the water a little bit as you were working it. That's just something I like to do. And, um, yeah, every time, man, just sat right on that flat piece of lead yeah. so very cool good stuff man and uh, he's got tons of colors if you guys check out his website um i think ryan talked to him and they were talking about how simple his website is it's not like over the top or anything like that but he has a huge color selection and it's it's pretty impressive they got really cool um and unique kind of designs as far as like the color schemes go, you know, and um, they got some good names with them too. So check out the website, jigmasters.com, man, if you guys are interested in ordering them, I recommend them. Like for me, I'm new to jig fishing this year. It's the first year. I mean, I've fished them occasionally here and there, but this is the first year that I kind of committed saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some jigs this year. I want to start fishing deeper and just learn how to do it properly. And to be honest, these kind of jigs kind of, take out that a little bit of a learning curve with it in my opinion so yeah no for sure um definitely helps definitely helps um yeah i don't know i mean i've i've fished jigs for a long time i've always been a football jig type of guy um i think just the fact that those jigs stand up all the time is going to increase your bite um Instead of those, you know, that jig falling over and a fish trying to suck it up off the bottom. Yeah. Whereas they can kind of come at the top of it and grab it and take off with it. So, I mean, yeah. Well, the ones that we were throwing actually are (laughs) technically the flipping jigs. And he has football head jigs too that stand up too. They have a flat bottom on them. Right. And we didn't even even throw those. But I I would have... I would have probably had a lot of trouble throwing those in there just because of what we were tossing. Those trees were pretty massive and there was a lot of them and a lot of branches. And, you know, you would, you would hit into one of those trees, man, and you could feel like where you're on the bottom and then you hit a branch. And then as you're bringing it up out of the water, it's hitting another branch and then another branch. I mean, there were times I got hung up and I thought I was way down in the water and I go to yank it out and (laughs) it's only six inches under the water and (laughs) came shooting out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a different animal fishing out there around those sunken trees for sure. And if you've never done it before, it's it's a cool experience, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think you had a lot of fun. You landed a lot of nice fish, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I had a little bit of an advantage, but you did. You killed me. It showed me up. I had to buy ice cream. <laughs> it's Brian's bet for everything now. You got to buy ice cream if I beat you at fishing. <laughs> hey, man. Who doesn't like an ice cream cone? Right. <laughs> Especially the extra large one that you got. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, let's segue into the boats, man. So, what were your thoughts on the Liska? The Liska was different than what I thought. I had seen him, and, but I'd seen Jay in his, but I never got a chance to paddle it. Uh, I've seen it at Loveland. Um but I'd never been in one, never sat in one. So um, 
the first thing I noticed about it when we had them side by side when we take them off the trailer was um, it appears that the Lisk is wider. Um, but I think Jay told me that both boats are 34 inches wide. But I think with the Liska has this flatter looking profile to it and that it just makes it appear that it's slightly wider. It almost seemed like it might be shorter too. I'm not 100% sure. It seemed a little bit shorter and a little bit wider. And so I, I really like the hatch on it. Um, I have an older Kusa HD um, and it's got this round hatch to it. And I don't know, it's just, um, I was never a fan of the, that year's um, hatch system that they had. It just was real kind of flimsy. Like if you had it open, you feel like it would want to like twist off almost. It was just kind of weird, but seems more of a solid design. Um, I did, what was it? Rockfish. I think it was a rockfish color. Yeah. It's a cool color. Uh, I'm not into red boats, but you know, it, it looks good. So, well, I just pulled up the specs on this and they're both 34 inches wide. The Kusa HD is 12 foot six and the Liska is 12 foot one. Okay. So a little bit different in length. I well to be honest though, my boat I think actually was a little bit shorter. I think they've actually lengthened out the Kusa HD, the new ones, than what it used to be. If I remember correctly, mine might have been only twelve three back in two thousand fifteen. I think. Huh. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but um when we reviewed the Kusa HDs before I um, I think we found out that they might have lengthened them out a little bit. I'm not positive on that though, but um, as far as performance on the water, um, I really liked it. It was a really easy boat to turn. It, it does really well in the river. Um, I know Jay likes it even in the, in lakes, you know, he brought it to yeah. Cowan when we did the Ohio meetup and you know, um, it it's a nice boat man super stable i didn't have any issues standing up in it at all and you know um the only thing i could say maybe is this seat just was a little uncomfortable for me but that might just be because you know i'm just used to sitting in my boat you know what I mean? yeah um that could have just attributed that but um overall i wasn't uncomfortable or anything like that so um you know, it's got very similar foot pegs to the Kusa HD. Um, you know, I, I literally thought that that boat was just a, like a little bit of a scaled down version of the Kusa HD, but it's kind of its own different boat, man. It, um, it's nice and it paddles quick. It, um, <clears throat> it's like I said, it's super stable. It didn't have that, you know, how we talked about the Kusa HD has that, that secondary point for where yeah. you can rock it real far and it like, and it levels itself out. I noticed with the list it's not like that. And I think that's, you know, with the design of the hull is a little bit different and how I said it has that flatter profile. It seemed to be balanced. That, that point comes up quicker, you know, where you, if you're rocking it back and forth, it kind of levels itself out real quick. So sure. Yeah. I still have yet to paddle the Liska. Uh, I spent some more time in the Coos HD on the river. Um, but there, I I was just looking at some other specs on these two. They're both they both weigh the exact same. Yeah. Um, I think the capacity in the Liska is a little less by like fifty pounds. But I think you know why they look so different is those sidewalls uh, on the Coos are much higher than they are on the Liska. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think of the Kusa? Oh, I love the Kusa. Yeah. I mean, that boat turns on a dime. Yeah. You know, so. Aliska does too. Like, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't really tell much of a difference as far as turning performance. It tracks real well. It, you know, it's just as quick yeah. as the Kusa HD. So. Yeah. Smooth paddling boat. But, uh, you know, fast forward to later on that day. We swapped out the Liska for a big rig HDFD. Yes, we did, and uh, that was your first time in a pedal drive, right? Um, no, I well, got like to, fully yeah, fishing, full, out yeah, of fully it. fishing, yeah. yeah. Um, I pedaled around in uh, in Jared's at the demo when we did the the meetup and stuff, and so I got in it. The boat's huge. I mean, 
everybody knows it weighs a lot too but i mean it, that comes with the big rig and i mean you add a drive system and everything to it it's going to be even heavier um it took a little bit of getting used to when i got in it as far as just the whole pedaling aspect and you know having steering control with the rudder so it took me a little bit to get used to but overall though man the comfort of that boat is second to none man i i love the seat um you know i felt good in it like it once i got you know the whole pedaling and steering down uh i fell in love with it man i hadn't been in a boat like that i found a lot of things a lot easier about fishing because of it you know yeah um like we were talking about before though well i i'm so used to paddling and i kind of sit fairly upright and because of that when i had adjusted my seat that way um I felt like I kept having my knees like really up too yeah, close up to as I was pedaling. Yeah. So I had to actually lean the seat back and that actually, you know, and I, it, that took a while to kind of figure that out. I, that's why I was thinking I was having some bad hook sets at first too, because I was sitting too close up, but also in the actual pedaling motion, man, I was like, this is kind of a pain in the butt. And I was like, well, I didn't want to scoot back anymore because I was afraid then I couldn't reach, you know, like all the way to kind of keep a smooth, uh, rotation with the drive so m making that just like leaning that seat back a little bit it's kind of weird for me i'm not used to sitting back like that i see a lot of guys who do sit back like that yeah um in their boats and now i understand why at first i'm like why does everybody look like they're sitting in a recliner you know <laughs> it's right. really weird to me i'm right. like and then i got it when i'm sitting there pedaling i'm like dude i'm about to knee myself in the nose at any moment <laughs> if i don't make an adjustment here so um what I really, really enjoyed about that boat is when we got out and we fished originally in the beginning half of that day, uh, it wasn't very wind. Well, it got windy on the river, but it seemed to calm down a little bit on the lake and then yeah. it picked back up again though. And that's where that boat really had me sold was just, and it, this would be really for any pedal drive, was just making adjustments and being able to stay in the spot a, a lot easier, man. If I was in my Kusa, I'd have been all over that lake and it'd have been really, really frustrating really quick. And, you know, that's where these big, stable pedal drive boats really outshine the competition, man. It's just, you know, quick adjustments, you know. The boat, I mean... As far as like it, it turns like a yacht though. <laughs> like yeah. it takes some space to get turned around, you know. And uh, hopefully we'll we might see some you know maybe improvements with that. You know I've heard a lot of people upgrade their steering and there's uh, I think was it Boondocks is making a rudder system that everybody's picking up now. Yeah, and you yep. know they're saying it's it makes a big difference as well. Uh, the boat I had happens to have the two-bladed prop so i don't know what the difference is that everybody's talking about with the three versus the two but i know the two is supposed to be a lot better um what we do what on the way back to the dock tonight we decided to pedal as hard as we could and we hit 5.2 5.2 on yeah. it yeah and that's i did that on the first time you know being new to it so yeah. It, you know, you can definitely get it up and moving. I don't know how long you can really sustain it. No, no, <laughs> From no. Being two out of shape guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, that's got the upgraded Prop 2.0 on it. So, I mean, that makes a huge difference uh, in the FD drives compared to the old three-blade prop. You know, um, I think the old three-blade prop, maybe if you pedaled that hard, maybe 4.2, something yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, you know, I've seen Jay Randall fish out of his big rig this year. Um, the stability of it's ridiculous. Um, the turning kind of lacks, you know, just because it's such a big boat. Yeah. But, I, like you said, that boondocks rudder uh, supposedly makes a difference. You know, and let's compare that to what I was fishing out of, you know, the Blue Sky Angler 360. I mean, yeah. uh, I think I was doing a little jig dance on the very yeah. front deck. We've got video. Yeah. We'll have to put that yeah. video up on the podcast website. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that thing is just... So, the big rig is 40 inches wide, 
the blue sky is 47 inches wide. Yeah. But, you know, I got catamaran style hull. You got a rocker type hull. So, it, you know, it's a little bit different there. But, um, you know, both boats being as big as they are, like you said, we were pedaling super hard in, you know, five miles an hour. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. A normal steady pedal, like when we were pedaling out to the spot, um, we were doing like four, 4.2. So, and that's just a, you know, a steady cadence paddle or pedal yeah um out there which you know is is pretty unique man i mean speaking of that now with the blue sky versus the big rig i don't i wanted to get your opinion on this i forgot to ask you when we were out there but when you're pedaling that do you have the sensation that like when you're like you're pushing forward and when that foot reaches its furthest point that it's having trouble kind of hit a pause yeah 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 i think that's uh it every pedal drive I've been in, it seems like you hit that pause. Yeah, and it's just because of the way you're pedaling. It's not like you're in a on a bike where you're pedaling down, you're pedaling out in front yeah. of you. And I think that's why you hit that pause. Um, I know I've pedaled um, the uh, uh, Native Watercraft Titan Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jacob Ruff. Pedaled his boat once, had that same pause. Um, what else have I pedaled? Oh, the Old Town Predator, same pause. Yeah. And that drive, same thing. It's out in front of you. Same thing with the propel drive and the Titan. Um, so it, yeah, I think it's just the way you're sitting and the way you're you're pushing on those pedals. Is the the three sixty angler do the same thing? Oh yeah, yeah. It does. yeah I hit a pause there. I wonder if this would be a bad or good idea. Like, so, I wonder if they put a strap system on those pedals. Would that be unsafe also, in your opinion? Uh, I don't know if it would necessarily be unsafe. Um, I like the option of them being open. Just because, like, when you're fishing and you want to reposition, you can just plop your feet on there and do, like, one quick pedal yeah. like today in the wind mm-hmm. when it was coming across i'd point my boat pointing into the wind and as i started to move back a little bit i just give it one quick turn yeah you know drop my feet back down or two quick turns whatever um i don't know that i would like a strap around the pedal that uh, makes sense though yeah. i mean i can see what you're saying because you do want to be able to take your feet on and off and if you have a strap on there like they do on like an exercise equipment yeah, bike. Like, yeah. You know, that would be kind of a pain. But I was just trying to think, I was like, I wonder how that could be eliminated, that pause like that. It's just I don't think it would be eliminated even if you put the straps on there. Yeah. I think it's just the the nature of your body and the the motion that you're going through when you're pedaling forward like that. Yeah. Um like I said, you're not pedaling down like a bicycle. You're pedaling out in front of you. So your leg is extending out. What I've learned too, to make that pause less, move your seat a little bit closer. Yeah. Because typically what I see a lot of guys do is they'll have their seat moved back so when their leg is fully extended, that's at the full extension of the pedal. Whereas if you still have a little bit of bend in your knee, mm-hmm. as you're going through that motion, you won't hit that pause as much. Gotcha. So. Yeah, it's kind of alleviated a little bit by like kind of pointing my toe forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so that way the pedal would kind yeah. of, I'd be still kind of pushing down Swooping on down. it as opposed to my foot being tilted back. Yeah. So, but um, as far as the layout of the boat, um, I, there's a lot of stuff I really liked about it. It's spacious. Um, uh, if, like for my black pack, I'd have to kind of readjust stuff for it, but that's no big deal. You know, I'd have to change the way the rod holders were cause it was set up for the Kusa, which is a different, um, design in that back area. Um, in that, that well area, it's, it's more wide than it is long. And then the Kusa, it's longer, not that wide. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things I love about that boat is it has aluminum gear tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's just it's it's obviously they're just they they seem more heavy duty, more you know susceptible to accepting abuse and 
you know, when we were out there, man, I had an issue where when we were pit, uh, we were out there fishing for pike and I had gotten bit off. Yeah. I had some line and I hadn't tied it off on there. And I had actually kind of back. I think at some point I backed over that line. It had come out of the guides and went under the boat. And <clears throat> it had yanked on my uh, transducer arm. Yeah. And actually literally popped that little guide bolt that's on the uh, switchblade on the mounting system out of it and it was like just twisted completely sideways man it took a lot of like power to kind of get it unscrewed because it wasn't seated properly nothing wrong with that uh, aluminum yeah track at all man um and what on that point what was really awesome was I was like, oh, dude, this isn't good. You know? yeah, 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 <laughs> it's right, like right. I've got fishing line already wrapped around the prop. <laughs> the prop, yeah. And the thing I knew, though, that was good was there wasn't that much line out of the rod. Um, but Jackson has that little hatch right there, man. And yep. all I had to do was pop open that hatch, bring the uh, drive up, and I could literally reach right in there, dude. And, un- and undo it. it. And, you know, I know that with a lot of these other boats, they don't have that option, man. And you, you'd have to get out. Like if I would have kept going, man, I would have yanked that rod right out of the holder or snapped it and then could have ruined the drive system, you know, all kinds of bad things could have happened. And, you know, that, that made it, I, it took me a little bit of time to get it untangled. I think I actually spent more time trying to get my uh, transducer arm untangled undone or no it was like it was pinned and it pinned against it when it did it popped that bolt out so it wasn't lined up properly so trying to unscrew it because it was sitting up like this oh you know like at an angle kind of so i spent more time trying to get that thing situated um than i did untangling the actual line from the prop i mean it was only wrapped around maybe like five or six times and I got it uh, looped out. I actually I cut one side, which happened to be luckily the the side that was going over to my rod, and um, then just untangled it a couple times, and then I was able to just kind of pull the line gently and have it unwrap. So yeah, well I had that same trouble because <laughs> yeah. I cast it out, and then you caught a fish, and I was trying to film Josh, so be on the lookout for something special coming soon. But. Um, you know, I ran over my line. It got wrapped up in the prop. Same thing. I just dropped down to my knees on the deck of the blue sky, popped that hatch open. I was able to unwrap it um, and get it free, get my bait back. I didn't have to cut it. So, I mean, had I cut it, I would have got it done a lot faster, but I didn't want to go through the hassle of all that. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, that's the nice thing about that drive system. That flex drive, you know, not only A, you know, if you run over something like there was a couple spots where those trees came up pretty far in the water. So if you hit one of those, it'll pop that drive up. So you're not breaking the prop. Yeah. But you know, you get weeds tangled up in your prop, um, fishing line, whatever you can just pop the drive up, loosen it right there at the deck of the boat. Whereas like on the old town predator, you have to take the whole unit up which leaves a big open wide hole in yeah. the in the bottom of the boat untangle those weeds drop them down or throw them over the side of the boat and then you know drop the whole unit down lock it back into place which is a couple extra steps plus the open hole um i'm just using them as a as a reference um i know like the native titan you have to pull that drive up through and it the props got to be a certain direction just like the old town whereas it doesn't matter which spot that prop is on the jackson drive it'll come right up through that hole so i mean it, it just makes it easier um you know the hobie i've never pedaled that um but i know that i think like if you got pretty bad like i know those fins are usually pretty good through the weeds but if you get a bunch through, you got to pull the whole drive up and out and then yeah. clear them off and then drop it back down. But, you know, I don't know. I I couldn't speak much on the Hobie front, you know, as far as that goes. But for pedal drives, you know, I've been, been in the Titan, the Old Town, the Jackson, and by far Jackson's my favorite. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I haven't been in the other one, so I wouldn't be able to compare it, you know, versus Old Town or anything, but... 
Um, I was impressed with the boat. Um, we were just laughing a few minutes ago. We were upstairs, and uh, I learned a few months back that I have a slight issue with vertigo. Yeah. And like a lot of times when I'm fishing lakes and we start getting and it starts getting waving, we had a lot of pleasure boaters, yeah. you know, going by us today, and it, it and also from the wind, it kind of kicked up a little bit and. I think if I was in that Kusa though, it'd be a hundred times worse. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that width of that boat really kind of handles the waves a lot better than what I'm used to, and you know it it's not nearly as bad as what it normally is. So it's definitely a plus. It's um, it's exactly what I, I'm looking for and I had in mind when I got you know I got in it and you know it's a uh, hats off to Jackson man. It's a great design boat. There's a lot of nice features with it. Um, like I like I like the new hatch systems that they they're putting on the boats too with the the little turn knob style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know everything about that boat I I liked a lot. So there wasn't anything that I could say I had any cons really overall. I mean it, the, the weight horrible, but I mean man you're gonna have to that comes with any of these big pedal yeah. drive boats, yeah. man. It doesn't matter if it's a Hobie. I'm I'm sure the Titan weighs a ton. Like. Yeah, the big rig is uh, 145 pounds with the drive system in it and the um, seat. Yeah. It's 145 pounds. But what Jackson did that was unique with that boat is they sell it as the HDFD. So yeah. that boat is technically like a really solid paddling boat as well. Yeah. Um, I know I've never paddled it. I know... Um, Jay has, and he's like, dude, as big as that boat is, you wouldn't think that it paddles that smooth. So without the drive system in it, it's 125 pounds with the seat. So mm-hmm. it's 20 pounds less. Um, so you can get it either way. And what's cool about the HD, well, the HDFD is um, when you get it, uh, if you're going for the paddle version the rudder control is actually in the foot pegs oh really yeah so all it is is two screws on each side to disconnect that Uh Um, because i actually we the boat you were in we got in as an hd and then we got the pod separate for the drive right and i put the pod in that boat like i think it took me maybe 20 minutes half hour to swap that pod out we did that loveland also man and uh it's a, it's a cool thing because you could buy that boat and you're like, man, I'm not sure I want, you know, a, dri- a pedal drive system. And, you know, if you change your mind, you have that option. And well, not, there's nobody else on the market that's doing that, right? Well, and not only that, but like your situation, right? You fish rivers a lot. Yeah. So you could go out with the HD pod in it and fish the river one weekend. The next weekend you're going out to cowan lake to fish a tournament or something you could swap that pot out in a matter of 20 30 minutes yeah so the only thing like the only thing with the rivers especially where i live we don't have very good you know put-ins and takeouts yeah so that's the big issue i would see yeah i recommended somebody the other day who asked he's like man what about the big rig fd and i'm like dude it's a solid boat but, you know, if, I was like, are you into river fishing? He's like, yeah, that's where I'd be putting it because I think it was his only boat. And I was like, yeah. well, then you might want to consider a different option because that is a lot of boat to be putting in yeah. some of the bad ramps that we have. I mean, yeah. they're not even ramps sometimes, man. It's yeah. just like. <clears throat> well, I know when when Jay and I were out there, we took out at, uh, what is it, the German club yeah. over there. And you got to literally walk up a muddy hill. And then walk down like a brick paved yeah, it's like path a that's a good, you know. 100 yards almost. Yeah, 100, yeah. 150 yards, yeah, to the parking lot. Yeah, so. and when you're, I carried, uh, Chris went with us one time. Yeah. And he had, before he got his FD, he had a big rig, just a regular big rig. And I was like, man, I can't stand carrying this thing. Like, <laughs> um, one thing that I want to see, and I think this is a great idea for that boat, and is them to put something what like the 360 has as far as like wheels on it yeah yeah that would be a really good idea for that boat because it is so heavy and i think 
I think that would push. I mean, I know people use sea tugs on it all the time. Um, but even like I have a sea tug for my Kusa. And even that's a little bit of a pain in the butt to try to get it aligned properly. Yep. The nice thing about Sea Tug though is it doesn't always ha- it doesn't have to be perfect, and it's it'll line up fairly easy. It doesn't line it might not line up perfect, but right. once you strap it down, it has those little the little um, I don't even know what you want to call it. It almost like a paddle. It has sure. hinges on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'll kind of form to the bottom of your boat. I don't, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I put that on the boat, and it's been sideways, but it still pulls fine. It's sure. still stable. So well, here's the thing, and I saw Jay Randall struggle with this when we were up at uh, Madison Chain uh, when I was fishing the KBF tournament, and he was in the big rig. And he didn't trailer launch. He was, because uh, he had his rooftop tent on his trailer. So he left that set up at the campground. And he put the big rig in the back of his truck. And then he's got a Malone cart. Mm-hmm. And boat ramps are at an angle. And he, Jay pulled his boat out. And he'd set that Malone cart down, and then he'd go to lift the back of his boat. And mind you, he had all his gear in there. That boat's 145 pounds without any gear. Yeah. So he had a depth finder, uh, his J-crate, battery. rods, battery, you know, all that stuff. And he'd go to, li- like, he'd get the cart set up, and then he'd go to lift the big rig up onto that cart, and the cart would roll. <laughs> and Jay was like... What the hell? And he set the boat down, reposition the cart, go to lift the boat, the cart would move. And like I saw him do that like four times and I literally thought he was gonna push the boat like into the river and downstream, right? And I was just like, Man, that's gotta be frustrating. And here I am in the blue sky and I deploy the wheels when I'm in the water. Yeah. So I'll pedal right up to the ramp, jump off the front front porch of that pick up the two handles and I walk right up the hill yeah and then Jay's struggling with the cart you know and it's just like oh boy um but so I mean that's the thing like the the wheel idea I think that's genius I know I've seen guys um like rig up boondocks yeah for that thing um but we all I think we've all seen like the kind of damage that could do if that boat's not necessarily structured for that right um pulling gear tracks out of the boat, things like that. So I don't know, man, it would be really cool to see him integrate like pretty much that same dolly system as, as the blue sky. Um, which I, I think it could be done. I think it could be where they run that tube like through the hall of it almost. But then you got the movement of the boat on the tube. Whereas the tube on the blue sky is part of the frame. Right. right. Whereas you'd have to somehow figure that out, um, like engineering wise, on how that. I'm would sure work. it could be done. You know, like because yeah. it it's got that whole area. You could even maybe integrate it where it becomes part of the structure of that boat, like where it's actually helping keeping the boat stronger. It just you know whether it's some sort of mounting bracket systems from the inside. Right. But. You know, um, like, yeah, that tubular design, I think it could, if it's engineered right, you could probably almost make it an advantage to make it, like I said before, like making it stronger. Sure. You know, cause there's a, there's a rail right there, like a gear yeah. track rail. Yeah, yeah. And from what I'm understanding, that helps with the structure of the boat. Right. And so, I mean, it would be even cool, man. You can make that, that frame and then have, have a gear track system all across on the top yeah. of it too. You know, then you want to take away from that piece that's there because I utilize that on my Kusa. Yeah, yeah. I put um, I put a a rod holder there, like the uh, like the trolley style one that I put my net in, and then the cup holder on the other side. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting thoughts, man. Um, I think that's the biggest improvement they can make to that boat. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it's it's a great big lake boat. Yeah. You know. Um, like you said, it just handles the waves really well. And that's one thing like I've seen Jay deal with is, you know, being in some heavy water, that thing handles really, really well. So, and the other thing I liked about it was 
um, staining in it. At first, I was kind of like, man, that drive system, that would just kind of just, in, in my head, I had this picture of it just being in the way, of, like staining like it wouldn't be roomy enough, and it's fine. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been in a Coos FD to kind of compare how that is because I've seen somebody in that and that's that was the thought that I had where I gained, you know thought of that even sure. maybe with the big rig sure. but it wasn't like that at all um, you know I, I once I stood up in it I'm like alright this thing that pedal drive's not in my way it's not something I gotta worry about yeah so I've spent some time in the Coos FD um, and I haven't been in the big rig so I mean I had room to stand um, in the Kusa, mm-hmm. um, I didn't think the pedals necessarily got in no. the way. I mean, you're not really moving around much when you're standing in a kayak anyways. Um, I mean, tonight I went and stood on the front porch of the Blue Sky. That was just because, you know, there was no wind. And you wanted to We're, dance that jig. Yeah, I wanted to Why dance my happy jigs? jig. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to dance my happy jig while we were throwing jigs. <laughs> and, uh, but... <laughs> You know, I was just goofing around having fun, but very rarely do I get up there. You know, I usually stand right up in my chair and I'm just standing right there. It's not like I'm moving around a ton unless I'm going to like land a fish or something. I I didn't have my net on me. So, um, you know, I I usually boat flip fish most of the time. Yeah, I kind of had to do that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, I wasn't boat flipping anything, but I was pulling fish up by the line, which normally I don't do. I did, I kept forgetting to bring my net. Yeah. But um, one thing that I did do, too, that I normally don't mess with on my Coos HD was, like, turning around, yeah. like, in the seat. I mean, you could do it in a Coosa. It's, it's stable enough, but I was able to do it a lot, lot easier sure. in a big rig, like, to get in the back of the black pack and that sort of thing. and. You know, it it's definitely uh, it's definitely a boat that I'm gonna have to get. You know, I'm looking at you know trying to get one next year, and it's uh, I think I'm even try to do a custom color, but I'm excited to have one. It's yeah. um, you know, I'll have to make some room in the garage first. But, yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's buddy. it's awesome. You know, if you're in the market for a pedal drive, you know, get out there and try it. You know? Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing we always preach, man. You know, what, what you like, what I like, and what the next guy likes is going to be three different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just, you know, naming off some pretty simple pros and cons to the boats. And, um, you know, like I tell everybody that comes into Rocktown, um, there's no such thing as a perfect boat. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a perfect boat for you. Right. But... In in hindsight, there's no boat that everybody goes and runs to. That's yeah. why we have so many different brands. You know what I mean? And uh, what what one guy likes, another guy's gonna hate. But you know, um, go out and demo. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Go support your local shop. Get in a demo day, and uh, you know, see what see what you know we're talking about here. You know, when it comes to the big rig, the Kusa. The Titan, yeah, uh, especially the now. Yeah, you know it's it's discount season, man. All the new boats will be coming out soon. Yeah. Everybody's going to be putting these de- uh, these demo boats up up for sale soon. So yeah, it's a perfect time to get out there and try them. Heck yeah! But I I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Rocktown um, for letting me you know try these boats out. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a good time. I got to meet the guys there. I met Travis. Travis was really kind to me, and he's like, you know, feel free to take out whatever you want, man, you know, and so I got to paddle two new boats, and, you know, loved both of them, you know, both of them are Jacksons, maybe I should have tried something else, (laughs) brand-wise, nah, (laughs) still Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, that's a cool thing, man, Uh, you know, we got a bunch of demos over there, so when... You know, we were talking about you making the trip out. It just made sense. You know, leave your boat at home. I got plenty of boats here for you to use. So, yeah. yeah. No, thanks for the shout out, man. Uh, We definitely appreciate it. But, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. um, But it's kind of cool to be able to try all those different boats out, you know. So, you know, if you're in the market for a kayak, go hit up your local dealer and, you know, schedule a demo day. Or see if they have one already scheduled. And, yeah. you know, like I tell everybody, go out and try as many different boats as you can. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, 
and you know some I know we do it uh, some other companies do it too you know like some of these demo boats like say you're kind of on the fence of one you can rent out that boat for the day yeah. and actually go put it through the paces and really put it to the test fish out of it fish on the waters you're normally going to fish on and, and things and like I, that and I recommend that because I've been in a couple boats just to for like you know 15 minutes right there by wherever your shop's at or you know whatever and like I said man I didn't really get the full effect of what that boat was until I fished out of it yeah so yeah, yeah. I you these boats are expensive you yeah. know and if you are in the market for it and you're ready to invest for in the one I would say go rent it if it costs 50 bucks it costs 50 bucks man or whatever because it's gonna be it's you see it all the time. I see it on, on Facebook, man. There was a post that I just read before we came down here to record this. This guy was like, you know, I just got this boat this year, man, and I don't think it's the one for me. Yeah. You know? and, and that's going to happen. You know, everybody's going to upgrade through, you know, if you started out with a, you know, $300 Walmart special, that's fine. You, It's going to, that happens. But, you know, when you start to drop some money on a, get out there and if it costs you 50 bucks that might be the difference of saving you kind of you know a few hundred dollars you know where you're not turning around within a year and selling it you know unless you're into upgrading every year which a lot of guys are but sure you know it's yeah, a yeah. big investment to make so yeah big time you know get out there and try them and rent them like yeah. don't don't just do the little 15 minute thing i, I like i said man I, I didn't have that full experience until i got to fish that thing and it it made it huge difference in my eyes don't get me wrong i mean if you're gonna you know some guys don't have the money to drop on a boat like that you know and you're gonna go out and get a cheaper walmart dick sporting good boat mm -hmm. i mean you know what i would recommend is just saving the money until you can afford that good boat because i think all of us can attest everybody at paddle and fin can attest that, that they not me uh, <laughs> i did that we all bought cheap boats and then like <laughs> you know six months later you're dropping the money on a better boat you know yeah. what i mean yeah but I mean, it's, that's the thing it, it doesn't matter what boat you're in right. as long as you're getting out on the water and having a great time yeah that's, like, all, that's all we care about but yeah. you know like you know it, it, here's the thing you know um going to the big box store buying a cheap boat I've seen so many people, including myself, and I'm talking, you know, when I originally got into this, I bought a kayak from a big box store, read a bunch of reviews, oh, you could stand fish out of it, like, I I had that boat for maybe three months and I sold it, Yeah. and, you know, ended up going to a different brand, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It At the time, it didn't really matter because I knew it was going to get me back out on the water yeah you know because i didn't want to spend the time getting my big boat ready to you know go back out right new batteries and yeah. all that crap so <laughs> but uh you know that's just the thing man i mean as long as you're getting off the bank and out on the water having a good time that's all that matters but yeah. you know beware you're gonna fall in love with the sport and yeah you know you're gonna end up moving up anyway so but yeah man i dig it you got anything else my man um yeah, you know what I got also from Rocktown that I really liked? Those NRS shoes, oh, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I talked to Jay about it. I, I, we were talking about something at Callan, but I can't remember what it was. But he just he brought up those shoes, man. What are they called? I'm looking at I don't at even it. remember what they're called. That is just, I saw them. I was like, dude, those are awesome. But um, when the, the first day that we uh, got in that boat in the big rig FD, I have flip-flops on, and I actually kind of have flip-flops that are a little, probably too big for my feet, um, but the size that was uh, sized down from them are almost too short. So those are the NRS Men's Crush Water Shoes. Crush Water Shoes. They're almost like a tennis shoe. I got the vibes. They're like a low-cut. They almost look like a like a van shoe. Yeah, like both and styles do. Like yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. Well, yours look more like a skateboarder shoe. I mean, they both kind of do, but mine is kind of like a like a low cut Vans. Yours is like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, 
they make a huge difference. Sorry. The soles don't come out on them. Yeah. Um, I used to have a pair of Astrals, and the soles were removable. Mm-hmm. But I think that the NRS ones, it's got some more cushion. They're actually comfortable to wear. Yeah. But Well, when I was pedaling with the flip-flops on, the bottom of my flip-flop kept hitting the deck of the boat. boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, we were at the shop, and I was like, oh, dude, they're having a sale on it. So I was like, why not? And got them. And, dude, those things are awesome. I mean, they grip really well on the pedals. Yeah. And you saw me, how many times did I almost fall on the, the dock where we're launching from? Uh, <laughs> like three times. Probably, and yeah. one of the times I like dropped the boat. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> With Duke. And Duke's yeah. like, you all right there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's what happens when you're wearing flip-flops on a minimally... Uh, Taking care of boat ramp that's covered in green what moss. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, decided when we went to the shop to get that those shoes, man. And um, dude, they're awesome, man. I, I like them a lot. They felt good. They're comfortable. Um, I think I was reading on Facebook. Matt Ball had was talking about them on a post, and I asked him something about it. He's like, dude, I love these things. And he's like, I actually have a second pair that I just wear around. Yeah. You know? And then yeah, it's yeah. a stylist looking shoe, man. I, yeah. I would rock those shoes all day long. Like, Heck yeah. Yeah. They look good, man. And they're comfortable. You know, they drain really fast. Uh, the water drains out of them really fast. They dry out really quick. I yeah. mean, um, super slick, man. And I think uh, the ones you bought... They run about seventy something, seventy five bucks, and the vibes are seventy five bucks. So they're basically the same price. It's just a matter of, you know, which style you want to get. Yeah, and they happen to have them on sale. So yeah, um, I'm used to normally. I I don't wear flip flops a lot of times when I kayak fish. Um, I don't I wear them all the time. I don't. I, I mean, I will like especially if we're in a lake, but. I fish the rivers so much that flip-flops and rivers don't mix well yeah, because right. I tend to get out and wade fish a lot. Sure. And <clears throat> so I ended up buying a pair of the Sims Intruder uh, wet wading boots. Yeah. And they're awesome. Um, I love them. They're hard to get on and off, though, because they have a neoprene sock and it's sure. fairly tight. Yeah. But that boot gives me like a peace of mind that I could get out of my boat on the rivers and wade fish around and not twist an ankle or... You know that sort of thing. I've I can't tell how many times I've had to laugh at Brad when we get out on the river, <laughs> and he was wearing flip flops for a while. He finally went and bought some like water shoes of some sort, but dude, he would be so frustrated wearing his flip flops and the and the put put ins and takeouts. But um, the bad thing is, this sounds so stupid. Um, the thing is, is I've gotten some crazy funny tan lines due to wearing the boots and my flip-flops and my regular shoes. I had this trifecta design going yeah. on my ankle. And I was like, man, and it's just those boots after a while, like I can't, I wouldn't need them for a lake, you know? But sure. at the same time, right. I'm like, I just, I wanted to make pedaling a little bit easier. And I thought the flip-flops were kind of messing with me a little bit. And they were when they were hitting the, the deck of the boat. So... Uh, those shoes made a world of difference for me. So, the, um, you know, thumbs up to NRS. It's a good good idea. I don't know how long they've had those. Do you happen to know? Uh, they've had different styles for a few years now. I forget how many, but they've had them for a while. Um, yeah, they're definitely cool. I mean, it's definitely different. Um, a lot of people are always asking, man, like, what do you, what kind of shoe, you know, footwear are you wearing? Um and I used to just rock a pair of like New Balance trail running shoes. Yeah. But I used to get super frustrated because being in the rivers, once again, man, all I would do is get loaded up with sand and rocks. Now, these NR shoes are not going to solve that at all. That that's you would still have that problem if you're if you're in the rivers. But if you're somebody who can handle it, you know, yeah, that it'll be good. But it's it's not. It doesn't have any ankle support. It's a it's a low riding shoe. It almost looks like a Converse, like a a low riding converse shoe but it's actually a lot thicker of a canvas material than what a converse is but yeah yeah, yeah. old chuck taylor's you remember yeah those? the old chuck t's <laughs> can't beat those man i know people actually use those for uh kayak fishing man i yeah. love them oh yeah 
I think uh, no EJ think, EJ wears Vans. Does he? Eric Jackson. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, that NRS shoe, man, it, it looks it looks like it's modeled after that design because I think it's got the two little riveted holes, like yeah, to help yeah, yeah, on the side. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, very cool. But uh, definitely a good shoe for it, especially if you were you know doing the pedal drives, you know. Right. They look better than Crocs too, by far. Yeah, and way more comfortable. <laughs> that's for sure. That's that's definitely for sure. So, but uh, yeah, man. With that being said, uh, guys, gals, check out the website paddle the letter n and fin dot com. Check out the swag store. Uh, just go up to the top uh, navigation bar, click store, click the logo. We got new T-shirt designs, long sleeves, hoodies, you name it. We got it. And uh, if you guys got a question, comment, want us to review a product, hit us up, email us, paddle the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at paddle the letter N and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Coyotes, Sunglasses, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Co., and our newest show supporter, TRC Covers. Yep. Yeah, buddy. And don't forget about the Plastics Recycling Program. Our man, Eric Richards at Hammered Lures, will take your used, beat up, split in half, chewed on, nasty plastic baits. Baits? Yeah, pike-eating baits. They'll take those, right? Yeah, he'll take those too. (laughs) Throw them in a little plastic baggie. Throw them in a box. Drop them off at the post office. Throw it in your mailbox. Send it to the address in the show notes. My man, Eric Richards, will take those baits, melt them down, and make new plastics out of them. And then he takes those baits and donates them to Heroes on the Water. What a great cause. Yeah. And another note on that. Keep your Z-Man products separate. Yes. (laughs) Actually, don't send Z-Man products. (laughs) Because I talked to Eric. I gave him some at the Ohio meetup. He tried to melt those down, and it did not work. Oh, really? Yeah, he said it was a sticky mess. <laughs> so, no Z-Man. No Z-Man. Any other plastics are fine. Um, send those to Eric. He'll get those made in new baits and sent out to Heroes on the Water. With that being said, guys, until next time. Tight lines and smooth paddling. Yeah, buddy.